The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Well, good morning to you. Welcome in our phone number if you'd like to join us this morning. And you can talk or text whichever fits your schedule the best. 615-893-1450. We are focusing on the city of Murfreesboro this morning. Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland is with us today. Shane, good morning to you. Bart, good morning. Great to be here. Hey, I want to tell you, I was just sitting, I was up here a couple of Sundays ago, you know, at nine o'clock doing Bill and Michael Lynn's show, mm-hmm. uh, Bill Wilson. But man, I know people don't tell you this very much, and I'm for all the people who are listening out there, I am not paid by WGNS, but there's not many stations anymore that allow solely community um, discussions. And so... Thank you for what you do. I, well, I look, thank you. I look forward to this every every month coming up, and I, I, honestly, I wish we could do it every week. I, I have a ball doing yeah. it, <laughs> and and uh, that's what radio should do. That's what local radio should do is to let people know what's happening right here in town, and and the best thing is they get to talk to the to the people who are involved like today they can call and talk with you on the radio. Yeah, I, the illustrious mayor, right? That's right. Uh, 615-893-1450. Now, you're going to have a workshop meeting the city council today. Uh, th- that's going to be a th- – those are – they've started uh, – this is what, about the second or third year? Yeah, this is the second year. You know, that was really an idea. I can't remember. It was really an idea that Smyrna's been doing it for some time. Um, Laverne's been doing it for some time. And it, it's an – it's – it's still televised. It's still recorded, um, but it's more of an informal way of you know not sitting behind the the excuse me the dais at City Hall that we're at the airport and I mean some of our best uh, discussions have been you know in that that format and it really allows staff like today we've, we're talking about our ten year solid waste plan um, and you know it allows to have more what I would say meaningful dialogue when you actually can you know, talk back and forth with one another and it not being in such a formal setting. So it's, it's been really beneficial. Well, now, we've heard a lot of conversation about somebody uh, proposing that you not accept any more out-of-the-area garbage. Uh, you think that's going to work? Yeah, you know, uh, first I'll, I'll, I'll say the Central Tennessee Solid Waste Board, that's who, uh, the Central Tennessee Regional Solid Waste Board, that's made up of Warren, Coffee County, or Warren, Coffee, Cannon, and Rutherford Counties. So our representatives on that board, uh, Donna Barrett, Joe Whitefield, and uh, Darren Gore. And so all three of them have done a great job. This really goes back, you know, since the city, when, when they – the Central Tennessee Solid Waste Board denied the new landfill request from BFI. BFI and Republic immediately sued that board. Um, and, you know, that board has not been, I mean, it's been active, but it's definitely not been as active as what it has been. So Darren, um, the entire team, Darren and Donna and Joe, have really taken that thing to the next level. So what happened, BFI and Republic sued the board. Um the city intervened in that lawsuit so you know it's really if i put it in terms of 
something everyone would understand. It's it's like David and Goliath. You know, David is the Central Tennessee Solid Waste Board, and Goliath is the public company Republican BFI. And so we intervened not only to give financial support, uh, which the city has done, but also to give legal support. And um, so the city's been working hand in hand with that board. We went to court. The judge. Uh, we asked for uh, additional to allow to present additional information of some of the things that are going on at that that landfill, and so what ended up happening, they remanded the judge, the, the Davidson County Chancery Court, remanded that back down to the Central Tennessee Solid Waste Board. We the 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 city presented new information, um, Republic presented some information, but then the Central Tennessee Solid Waste Board voted again to deny that new landfill uh, request. So now it's going back through the court system again. Um, BFI is still, Republic is still suing that board, and the city has intervened, so really they're suing the city and the board. Well, then at this last meeting, um, the board member Barrett, uh, who has done a great job, I mean, you know, when Donna sinks her teeth, teeth into something, I mean, there's no stopping and they made a request that she had drafted a resolution um at limiting outside you know saying basically the outside trash would be limited to the region which would be cannon coffee um, rutherford and warren county the thing that's a little tough right now is those other three counties aren't bringing really any trash to middle point the only region member that's bringing trash is is rutherford county and so look i i can 100 percent say based with the city I mean, I think anyone who lives in the city, we want to there to be no outside trash brought in. I mean, that that's a perfect world. But, you know, our number one goal right now is for Republic to clean up their, their mess that's out there. Um, you know, Republic continues to blame the city for the smell that's going on. In fact, we've got a text it, here from a listener who says they just stepped outside the other day yeah. and about knocked them down. It's not, and I mean, it. we've got some information that there's some significant, there's a significant uh, announcement that will happen today. Um, I just found the news out yesterday afternoon, so I don't want to make that announcement until we're at the city council meeting when all the council members can get the so same. Is it about the smell? I, I, I can't go into it right now. Okay, I just, but, yeah, no. everybody's but, 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 so, I mean, look, I, you know, Politicians have often been quoted as not being very smart, and um, I'm, I probably disagree with, or I disagree with that. Now I, we make mistakes like everyone else, but you have to be an absolute moron to not to to be able to blame the smell that's going on in that area on the landfill. It's not the land. It's not the city sewer system, and it frustrates me because. By saying that, all you're doing is making the city spend more taxpayer dollars to prove that it's not that. And we have. I mean, you can look at the data. So, I mean, it's this blame game that, you know, I'm completely tired of. Um, and, and look, I want to work with Republic. I mean, I think you do have to have a partnership. But the first part of any problem is realizing that you got a problem. And we sat with Republic back last year, and Republic point blank said, we've got an issue out at that landfill with odor. That was behind closed doors. I mean, but then to come out in the public and say, continue to blame that it's the city, is just asinine. Well, when they tell you that behind closed doors, 
don't they realize you're going to say something I, you when would, you open the doors? You would think so. I mean, you know, I'm not the only one that sits in that sits in those meetings. And I'll tell you, we've we've not met with them in quite some time. And you know, part of the reason why is that, I mean, we've been very adamant that, you know, it's almost like that. I hate to even use this term, but it's almost like do you remember um, the the federal government years and years ago had the the mantra that we don't negotiate with terrorists and i'm not saying that bfi is like that but we're not going to negotiate with someone until they admit they've got an issue and they admit that they want a partner to fix it and yet they admitted it behind the door pointing the fingers back at the city and try to create this dissent between the city and the county is it's not productive and we're not going to get involved in it so what we're going to do is we're going to fight our rear ends off to be able to make them fix it we're going to go through every legal avenue that we've got to be able to make them fix it and then if there's other discussions on solid waste that's to the side then um then we can have those and in a bar you know my personality i mean it takes a lot to get me fired up um i you know going through covid and going through all the things that we've gone through the last two or three years i think it's very important to be calm and to be level-headed i think that's what a good leader does but in this case, there's also times where you have to say, okay, it's time to fight. And, you know, our city staff, we're the city council is vi- advised by people who are a lot smarter in these issues than we are. You know, we're, we're not landfill people. But at the same time, when, when people who are that smart are telling us, here's issues, these are significant, then we have to listen to it. Here's a text from a listener who's asking about a statement that they had heard earlier about uh, – if this was worked out where you didn't bring any more uh, garbage in from the outside areas, that there was something about a cutoff date of the end of the year. Is there the possibility, they're asking, uh, that if that is approved, will they load up the area with garbage from wherever else they can find it? You know, I think, although I think the the resolution that the Central Tennessee Solid Waste Board is going to... to, um, they're going to hear and they're going to consider i think there's a lot of unintended consequences or possible unintended consequences that you know we need to really dig into and understand and and that's really the thing that um i would say you know the landfill has gotten unfortunately let me rephrase that we have an election season that's going on and that's not unfortunate. I think that's the great opportunity that residents have to be able to elect their leaders. And so any person that's texting or listening, you know, get out and vote. I mean, this is going to be my boys first. This will be the first time they're 18 and they're going to get to vote in the, in the city election. I hope they vote for me. Um, but they, they get to, to come out and do that. So it's so important to get out and vote. But this landfill, and, and I'm not echoing anything to you that I haven't told county officials or I've even you know told Donna and I have got a great relationship. I respect her so much that this is not political. And unfortunately, this landfill has been made political. And so some of the things that are coming out, I, I think sometimes I suspect I'm cynical on the timing on how that comes out. But it, it, this is not political. This is right. And this is wrong. It's a right and wrong issue. And so trying to make this political only hurts um, the the overall overall goal, which, 
the overall goal for the city is one, getting them to get their house in order, and two, to discuss what's next with solid waste in in Rutherford County and in our region. And so those are the things that the city council will be talking about today. There is another text from a listener about the Middle Point landfill, and they're saying that when it first opened up, it was a, a beautiful place, had uh, parks, ballparks out there, had places where the model airplane club did uh, shows and what have you, and now it's just all dirt and trash. What happened? Well, I mean, the the, the property that they're wanting to put the new landfill on, the, the 90, just say almost 100 acres, that it, that's the park that's at, that it was out there. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, look, I, I will say this. I've met with Michael Klassen, who's the general manager of BFI, a couple, two or three times. I, I really have a good feeling about Michael Klassen, the, uh, the new general manager that came from Atlanta. I think at his heart, he really wants to solve the issue that's out there. I think he came in and, you know, thinking that um, he could solve it immediately. And, I, you know, I think he's quickly found out that it's more significant than what he even realized. I'm, I'm not saying he said that. I'm just – that's my opinion. But, look, the other gentlemen, although they're doing their job, they represent Republic. And their number one goal for Republic is to maximize shareholder value. They're public company. I mean, it, it's about money. So I think what we have to be able to to get across is there can be a way to do both, but the residents of Murfreesboro and Rutherford County should not bear the blunt or bear the brunt of those financial decisions that they're making. We have another text here from a listener going in a totally different direction. When is election day for the city uh, and uh – what offices are up for re-election? Uh, August 4th is the election date, day, day before my birthday. Ah. More importantly, three days before my anniversary. Um, <laughs> Boy, you got yeah. through that one okay. <laughs> my birthday's insignificant now, Bart. I mean, twenty. I think it's 24 years ago that we, we've, we've been married 24 years. So um, the, the offices that are up, the, the city mayor uh, is, is up. So I'm, I'm running again. Um, I would say I appreciate your vote so or support. Um, I love doing this. I mean, Bart, you know how much time that we put into this, so it's definitely something that you you know you want to. Yeah, it's a you love it. You I, I love this city, and uh, you know, arguably we've we've all made mistakes. I think if we could go back and do and, and make decisions that we made twenty years ago or even five years ago, I mean, all of us would do things differently, but. Anyway, I digress. The city council members are uh, are running the city council. There's three open seats. Madeline Scales Harris is the only incumbent that's running. Uh, Rick Lalance and Ronnie Martin are not running. Um, both we're going to sorely miss. I mean, look, Ronnie and I do not get along on everything, but Ronnie, um, I hope he's listening to this. Ronnie's a very thoughtful person. Um and his his input is going to be missed on the council. So, you know, Ronnie, I tell you that publicly. The, the the person I think the council is 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 going to miss as well is Rick Lalance. I mean, that guy. You know, Rick wears his emotions on his sleeves. I love that because you always know where you stand. But I mean, Rick has helped us immensely on 
you know, basically eliminating multifamily apartments in the city um, through, you know, working through our sewer, sewer variances. He's and he and I agree on on that. He and I agree both agree on home ownership. You know, we've worked really hard on promoting home ownership inside the city. Um, I think one of the biggest issues we're going to face moving forward is affordable housing. I think the city has got a plan to be able to help work on that and, and partner with our development community to be able to do that. You know, we can't control markets. The city can't control the housing market. We, we just can't. And nor do I think you want the government doing that. I mean, there's multiple lessons in history that when the government gets in control with markets, how that gets messed up. And then the school board's running. Um, and so you've got three or four school board seats that are also running and those are the those are the things inside the city we have a question here about madeline scales harris and they're saying uh they haven't heard much about her lately how is she doing is she doing better yeah i saw madeline um the governor was in town thursday of last week uh we had raven um who's the teacher at black fox fox elementary who was announced as one of the top teachers in the country so she won twenty five thousand dollars uh is a great so i saw madeline at that event and you know madeline seems to be doing fine um you know we continue to pray for her health and um you know madeline uh, madeline always is is fun to to be around well we need to have her on the radio and then people can talk with her and uh, just hear her enthusiasm you know bart i'm i'm a homer for our council Mm -hmm. we're not we're not political I mean, and I truly mean that. I mean, you know, we're politically agnostic, although so when everyone is getting pushed in different directions, you know, it's the state level and the, the federal level. I mean, we provide services. So picking up your trash and fighting the landfill, that's not a Republican or a Democrat or a libertarian issue. You know, we don't ask you when you call 911 what your party affiliation is. I mean, we we provide services and the council has done a really good job. Like there's no trade offs. There's no. I think that's the negative with district representation. There's some recent examples of that on, you know, how someone comes and, you know, works solely with staff on one thing that that either benefits their district or hurts their district, and that one person has the ability to only be the voice of that district. I'm not saying that's not a discussion that we don't need to have, but, I mean, the council just does not do that. I mean, we look at the city as a whole. If you look at the investments that have been happening in our community, they're all over the four corners of our of our city. And so I'm really, you know, Sean Wright, Kurt Wade, Bill Shacklett, and then the, the three council members I just mentioned. I mean, we have got, in my opinion, it's one of the best councils that we've, we've ever had. We have another question here about the uh, landfill. What health issues does the landfill bring to Murfreesboro? I've heard about some of the water pollution hazards. Yeah, I, I mean, as a as a community, I, I look. I don't know why the landfill was put out next to the Stones River thirty years ago, thirty four years ago, or whatever, whenever that was. I think that would probably be one of those decisions that if the the legislatures back then could go back and look at, they would probably say it's not a good idea to put, you know, a, a major landfill um, next to our our drinking water. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, I'm not a scientist, scientist, and I'm not an engineer, but, you know, leachate is when all of the stuff that's in that trash 
gets combined with water and goes to the very bottom of the landfill and then it leaches out. That's It comes out. That's what leachate is called. And so anywhere that there's a landfill, over time there's going to be areas that leach out. And so I think there's that's some bad stuff. We process that stuff through our wastewater plant. You know, there's a direct line from the landfill that goes to goes to our, our wastewater facility and so our water treatment facility. And so I mean there's there's some health issues that are out there and that's you know, when I say the number one goal is to eliminate um, the smell, I think that's one B. One A is to make sure that there are no health and safety issues in that in that area for our community. And that's you know, that's where we have to work with TDEC, that's where we have to work with the EPA. We're not in the landfill business. And so Bart, if you told me that we wouldn't have to be dealing with this right now, that the city wouldn't have to be spending the money that we're spending to help fight this, I would be okay with that. You'd jump on it. Yeah, I don't want any credit for this. I mean, I don't want, you know, so people have said that, hey, this is a one-man crusade, and it's not. The entire council is on board with this. But we just, you know, we want to make sure that we protect our community, and, and that's what we're committed to doing. Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland is our guest this morning. We are focusing on the city of Murfreesboro. We're going to pause for a moment, check on the traffic and weather. We'll be back and check on you. So if you have a question, get it in to us quickly. Text us or call us. Same number for both. 615-893-1450. The Dave Ramsey Show, weekdays from 1 to 4. WGNS, your good neighbor station. Rutherford County's place to talk. AmeriCare is Rutherford County's number one choice in pest control, and it's simple to see why. After calling 893-7111, their staff came to my house eight years ago when I had an insect problem. They looked at the situation, showed me the areas, and what they'd recommend to resolve the problem. After treatment and with quarterly checks, I'm bug, critter, and creepy crawly free. Thanks, AmeriCare. AmeriCare, 893-7111. Hi, this is Terry Deal at Adams Place, Rutherford County's premier retirement community with all five levels of care, independent living, assisted living, memory care, rehabilitation, and continuing care. I'm Elise Alexander, and I enjoy being here because everybody's so friendly. I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adams Place, located at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. Guys, if you've noticed a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be Low-T. Schedule your complete health assessment at Low-T Center. They now offer the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for $155 a month or covered by most health insurance. So if you don't live near a Low-T Center or you're just busy and need the convenience of at-home treatment, Low-T Center makes it easy and to get started, only your first two visits are in person. Go to LowTCenter.com to book online. Low-T Center, reinventing men's health care. Good morning. It's busy, but it's still moving fairly decent on 24 up through the Hickory Hollow area. All that traffic headed towards Nashville. This time of the morning, 840's got some traffic towards Williamson County as well. Some radar over in that county. Also, make sure you slow it down. PensacolaBeach.com has everything you need to book your next getaway. Check it out today. PensacolaBeach.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. 
A wind advisory is in effect for the forecast area. We'll see mostly cloudy skies this afternoon, high in the low 80s. Winds out of the southwest gusting as high as 35 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 68. The GNS in our call stands for Good Neighbor Station. That's been our objective since 1947. WGNS, AM, FM, and online. Welcome back. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. And you can talk or text, whichever you prefer. We're focusing on the city of Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland is our guest this morning. And here's one of your favorite topics. The listeners asking us about traffic. They uh, said they just recently moved here and they've never seen so much traffic. Is it always this way? <laughs> well, there's been a lot of events that have been going on over the last, you know, couple of weeks that have have aided in that. But, you know, the city, I just signed on Monday our new bond issuance. We were at 2.62%, um, and it was about $52 million, and 70-some-odd percent of that money all is going to road projects. So, I mean, you know, it, it's one of those things that takes so long to do a road project that you know it, it's almost like a chicken or the egg you got you have to be able to have the activity to be able to build the road because you know there's been instances where we built veterans parkway rutherford boulevard some of those main roads that there's nothing out there that we've been able to build those roads but more of the internal roads you know that's something that we continue to work on but also you know we, we had a meeting last tuesday with tdot and um some of our state our state stakeholders, you know, a lot of the roads that go through Murfreesboro are, are all, or really all the roads that go through Murfreesboro are all state roads. And that's, uh, that's one of the things that we're continuing to work on, you know, winding a Thompson Lane, Bradyville Pike, you're going to see starting uh, very soon. Uh, we're working on the next phase of Rucker Lane, Highway 99, the next phase is getting ready to start. So Highway 96 uh, is getting ready, is in process there uh, on the, the west side. 231 to um, to Jefferson Pike is is a project we're really w- wanting to push forward. Cherry Lane, which is our connector that goes uh, all the way back to 840 and ultimately to Broad Street to keep people off of that, that road. Th- those are all projects that are in process. It just takes time to be able to do that. It's it's the old construction term. It's like it just takes time and money. That's that's what it takes. Time and money. That's okay. right. A listener uh, says they live near the airport. And they've followed the uh, situation very closely between MTSU and the airport, and they said that they're not seeing any difference in the number of planes at the airport. Well, I mean, it, it's interesting to get that because I let me pull this up. I would tell you that. Those were some tough discussions with with MTSU, um, but if you compare <coughs> aircraft operations from March of twenty twenty one to March of twenty twenty two, this this is pulling up Bart. But I want to say the number that we ju- you know we in, we installed this program called Vertower, which monitors every single aircraft that takes off and lands in the city of Murfreesboro at the airport. Um, you know, ultimately, this goal is not going to, that's not going to change until MTSU leaves. But the in 2021, there were 8,964 operations in March uh, with MTSU. So that means that basically they took off and landed 9,000 times last year. 
This year, it's 6,000. So that's a 33% decrease. And one of the reasons why that's happened is we've worked really hard with the MTSU aviation program to basically say, look, your people need to take off and then they need to leave and go somewhere else to do all of their training and then come back to Murfreesboro as opposed to circling around the city and taking off landing and doing what's called touch and goes. And so, you know, finally the, the, the entire aviation program staff turned over out there a year ago. So literally not one single person that had been there when we started these negotiations they're not. They're. They're no longer there. I mean, Dr. McPhee brought in an entire new staff, including um, a the dean, and and I, I think as they've come in, the the group before them were really hard to deal with, um, even to try to find common goal. This new group that Dr. McPhee has brought in came in, looked at a lot of the things that the city was proposing, and said, "Hey, well, this makes sense. This is better for our program. Why are we not doing that anyway?" And, and, you know, we were like, yes, finally, you know, somebody's <laughs> listening, listen, and that's not me. I mean, this is our staff They're I don't, it, they know how to run an airport, but it's gotten a lot better. Um, and I, I think, I think it will get better in, in the near future. Well, that's good to hear that. Our phone number six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. 1450 A listener says, uh, in keeping with the traffic situation, with the sports facility coming to Murfreesboro, how will Broad Street handle the overflow? Great question. It's already bottlenecked. Yeah, great question. That's one of the reasons we met with TDOT last Tuesday. Uh, Sen- Senator Reeves was was great to help set up that meeting. Um, but, you know, one of the things that we, we talked about is being able to – TDOT had significant concerns on uh, f- helping fix – the broad street interchange as well as be able to fix um the broad street entrance or excuse me the lanes on broad street so i think what you're going to see i think overall broad street will end up going to six or seven lanes um or six or eight lanes you're i think you're going to see the 840 interchange that's going to be um that's going to be completely upgraded and improved and that's really one of the things that we've looked at as this project is coming into Murfreesboro is how do we use this project to be able to improve the infrastructure and in Bart that's really something that I think a lot of the listeners don't necessarily understand it often takes something like this economic opportunity to be able to work and get additional funds to improve those that the infrastructure and so that's we, we think and we feel very confident that that's going to be a significant portion of that project is to be able to fix um, that whole road network. And then in turn, that allows us to go back and, and also help fast track Cherry Lane and the, the Cherry Lane intersection that will be on Broad Street. So now all those people who are having to come in from Nashville at rush hour um, – don't have to go all the way into Thompson Lane. They can they can get on to, to Cherry Lane and get another uh, back way into into to uh, North Rutherford County. So we're we're excited about that. That is good news there. So Cherry Lane is is coming we're, along. We're, we're moving along. Very good. Uh, any other connections with the interstate coming soon? I mean that's eight forty. Yeah, yeah. I mean I think there's I think eight forty. Um, 24 there's you know there's another interchange it's another cherry lane interchange it's on 24 that has been in in discussions but you know i mean we're we're 
I don't want to say, as mayor and as a city council member, we don't have just one focus. I mean, if, if, if we were able just to focus on one thing, our jobs would be much easier. But, you know, we have to focus on not only transportation, but, you know, how do we keep Murfreesboro safe? I mean, we've done that. We gave a, a 7% cost of living increase to our to our employees, but, you know, because of really where some of the economic situations that we're all in right now on inflation. But, you know, we want to be able to recruit the best and brightest, and those are all factors and things that we have to take into account in the city. So those are all things that are on your drawing board right now. Well, I don't want to say they're on the drawing board. Some of them have been completed. Um, you know, I, I, that's the city council has been very, very straightforward and adamant that if staff comes to us and they need something for employees, they need something for um, for operations, that we look at that. The city is in the city is in by far the 20 years since i've been on council there or i guess it'd be 16 i can't even remember how long it's been bart um time flies (laughs) when you're having fun we are in the absolute best financial shape as a city that we've ever been in now you know we can't run a city without without debt um but our financial ratings we were just upgraded by moody's and standard and poor's so all the people who look at municipal finances are all looking at Murfreesboro and saying, you know, Murfreesboro is is one of the top municipalities in the country. And, you know, with that, that allows us to borrow money really inexpensive. I mean, you can't borrow money right now for 2.6%. You just look at what, what our interest rates are on commercial loans and also on um, on our mortgages right now. And, and, and the city council has... We had to make some tough decisions. Um, I think with the upcoming reevaluation on property taxes, you're you're not going to see a, a tax increase. You're not going to see a valuation. Your valuation is going to go up. You know, Bart, over the last eight years, I, I think I saw the number from Rob Mitchell that our our home appreciation has gone up over a hundred percent over the last eight years, and and you know that brings some challenges. But I mean, I'm proud that um, the city's been able to increased values you know i mean the the most generational wealth that we'll all have is from our homes and the appreciation on our homes and it makes me it makes me proud to think that someone who bought a home for you know one hundred fifty thousand dollars at that home that home's doubled in appreciation and so i think it takes a partnership to be able to do that and we have a, a reevaluation coming up right now but a lot of people are worried about that but it equalizes itself out. It, it does. It, it's a very complicated, it, it's really where the city got caught in 2018, where some of the mean values were, were higher than others. But, I mean, the way it works, our tax rate right now is $1.269, or $1.296. It's basically just, say, a dollar thirty per thousand. I mean, I expect that tax rate to go down under a dollar when the new reevaluations come out and so what that means that it's 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 the state equalization clause that governments can't make money off reappraisals so in other words if if the tax if your valuation goes up we have to lower our tax rate so you're not paying any more than what you were now the state law also says that if your appreciation is higher than what the mean appreciation is then you do pay more so, but that's not, a, I mean, that's not a city issue. That's, that's just the way that the law is written. So, you know, I'm not going to say based on valuation that some people won't pay more in taxes. You know, I, I think a lot of that has to do with commercial property. 
but you know a rising tide raises all ships and i think that if we look at the generational you know wealth that's created through home ownership um that's a big deal and that's one of our biggest concerns right now that if if we are not emphasizing home ownership then i mean that's one of the things in in the american dream that you dream to own your own home and we have to do everything we can to make that a reality you know here in the city and that's why you know i mentioned rick lalance we've really tried not to focus on multifamily projects um to be able to fix that now you know rob mitchell i like rob a lot we he and i were texting last night you know we can't stop out of out of state money coming in and buying houses i mean that there's i mean that we just can't do that that'd be the same thing as us saying look if you if you are from california we're not going to allow you to move to murfreesboro i mean we just we can't do that but i think what we can as a city and some of the plans that we're working on are being able to incentivize developers to offer affordable housing to police officers firefighters teachers uh, emergency service providers ems providers to where you know one of the things that that really scares me is when and this has happened in Murfreesboro for years. I mean, you've had so many people that may work in Franklin or Davidson County, and they live in Murfreesboro because they can't afford to live in Davidson County or Williamson County. So I think it would be horrible in Murfreesboro and Rutherford County if the people who work here can't afford to live here. And now if you make the choice that you don't want to live in the traffic or you don't want to, you want to be able to live outside of congestions, I, I get that. But we've got to make it a... Um, We've got to make it a priority that, you know, if a teacher in, in Murfreesboro wants to live in Murfreesboro, then we got to make that a reality. Here's another text from a listener. This one says they live over in the Veterans Parkway area, one of the fastest growing parts of town, and they've been promised a park, but they still don't have one. Yeah, that there's some exciting news that's coming. Um, look, I, I'll tell that. I, I've said this multiple times, Bart. If... If I could go back and change anything, or, or if there's anything that I can say that I'm disappointed in, it's I'm disappointed that we as a city have not been able to get an, a park or recreational opportunity on that side of town. I mean, there's no excuses. There's no way around it. You know, 2016, we bought that property on the west side of town that we had full intentions of of um, of turning into park property, but then all of a sudden a 40 million dollar school came along and you know the the park is a is a want not necessarily a need and so we had to be able to prioritize that that school but at the same time we've been able you know we've got this land swap that's going through the process of where we're going to be able to trade that property that we have on 840 which is i mean it's not a great piece of property for a park i mean typically you don't see parks surrounded by four roads on an interstate but that's all we could get. Um, and so had the crazy idea back in November of last year that, you know, sat down with, with Mr. Tindall and said, hey, Middle Tennessee Electric has 153 acres that's completely surrounded by neighborhoods in Veterans Parkway. We've got 123 acres that's completely surrounded by roads and an interstate. Doesn't it make more sense that a park would go with that in that 153-acre property that's where neighborhoods are located that they can walk to a park as opposed to our piece of property that is a commercial piece of property which is what middle tennessee electric wants with their property so it's like all of a sudden you sort of match make together and middle tennessee electric says hey that's a good idea you know 
we really don't want our operations to be around all neighborhoods. And then the city says, well, that's a great idea for us because we really don't want our park to be surrounded by all very busy roads. So I think that um, I think that is coming along. I do not think you're going to see a recommendation from city staff that's going to say, let's put a bunch of ball fields out there, especially with legacy development coming. I think what you're going to see out there, you'll see a potential school site. The school need the city schools needs another site, and I think you'll end up seeing more of a true community park where there will be walking trails, pavilions. Um, you know, like saying very similar like what you see out at Seagull and even Barfield um, where, you know, Frisbee golf, all those different things that don't necessarily go with all the traffic and everything that comes with ball fields. So to the to the caller or the text, the person who texts, I'm committed to getting that park done. We've already laid out three. We laid out three million dollars this year. We laid out five million dollars um $3 million the year before, $5 million this year in our MED plan that's going through. So, I mean, we're already going to have $10 million set aside to start that park as soon as we get the uh, the land situated. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. Mayor Shane McFarland is our guest. We're going to pause. The final segment comes your way. We'll be right back. If you want to talk sports, you want to talk local, you want to talk with Monty Hill Jr. and Tim Tackett, it's all sports talk. Weekdays at 5 on WGNS. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Family Restaurants. Did you know that Demas's now can cater events? We can ship most of our pastas and we can deliver it to your door. If you're interested in our catering, you can go to DemasesRestaurants.com and click on the menus on catering to see what options we have available for your next event. Demas's Family Restaurants. Go to DemasesRestaurants.com. Demas's Family Restaurants on 1115 Northwest Broad Street. I'm Storm 5 meteorologist Bree Smith. You want to hear what my favorite weather sounds like? Take a listen. Calm. But calm doesn't always happen in Murfreesboro, does it? As far as the Rutherford County storm is concerned, yes, rotation, a significant threat. We both know Murfreesboro and Rutherford County have seen more than their fair share of severe weather. If you are in Rutherford County, you just stay in that most interior room until we can give you the all clear. So when storms roll in, I want you to be ready to feel safe. Everybody there, you stay with us, you stay in your safe spot, we'll let you know when you can come out. Let the Storm 5 weather team protect you and your family, neighborhood by neighborhood. You are informed and you are prepared. You are in a good place to handle anything that comes your way. Murfreesboro, you're always on our radar. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City, inviting your family to come do business with my family, Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. If you're a pet lover, come see us at Animal City. We have 8,000 square feet of pet products and pets for you to enjoy. Here at Animal City, we carry a full line of pet products to help your pets stay healthy, happy, and well. Animal City is Murfreesboro's longest running and only family operated pet store. Come see us at Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. 
Rise and shine, it's early voting time. This is Melissa Harrell, your Rutherford County Circuit Court Clerk, and it's been my honor to serve you the last eight years. I've worked hard to bring efficiency to the office, updating archaic DOS-based computer systems with a modern, less expensive program. I'm the first Circuit Court Clerk to establish online payment and comprehensive written internal controls, all which save taxpayers money. Again, I'm Melissa Harrell, and I would appreciate your vote for Circuit Court Clerk. Paid for by friends to elect Melissa Harrell, Doug Beaudry Treasurer. Join me, America's career coach, Ken Coleman, weekdays live at noon here on News Radio WGNS for practical advice to help you discover the work you were born to do. Welcome back. We're in the final segment of the broadcast. A focus on Murfreesboro and Mayor Shane McFarland is with us. This has been a, a sad week for Murfreesboro. We lost a, a great person who's helped the community so much. Yeah, we could go Monday a morning I just born I'm gonna try to get through this without crying <laughs> uh, was rough for all um, you know Melinda Tate it worked it has worked at Parks and Recreation and um, so we got the news on Monday morning that Miles her husband had passed away he was 62 years old uh, training he was training for the Boston Marathon I mean a picture of health so we were all just surprised and devastated um, you know not many people know I mean, you know Miles if you're in the running community. Um, but, you know, Miles, it was Miles and Melinda's idea to start the middle half. And this year's our 15th anniversary of the of the middle half marathon. And, you know, R- Miles was such an advocate for really just a healthy lifestyle. His tag in, in on all of his Facebook posts was got to run, ho- or got to run, hope you do too. And uh, so we were just sad. So f- Friday morning, um, we all got together on the civic plaza we had about 100 people who showed up and um and ran down main street and um you know so it's it's sad we we did murfreesboro uh, murfreesboro milk davis and and lissa young you know uh, miles you it was known that he would drink a chocolate milk after every run and miles wasn't a a huge supporter of purity milk there's many discussions like with him and judge toby gilly on why that purity was better than the other milk and so uh, they graciously donated a hundred pints of murphy of uh, purity chocolate milk and so everybody got to have uh, some chocolate milk so you know if you see melinda um you know please please love on her uh, we're you know we're we're extremely sad but the, the great thing is bart and i said this I truly believe this. I try to tell my boys this all the time. I mean, it's easy to do the right thing when everybody's watching you, especially during this political season. I mean, this is – try to live by this. It's easy to do the right thing when everybody's watching you. It's a lot harder to do the right thing when nobody's watching you. And Miles Tate did the right thing all the time. It didn't matter who was watching him. It didn't matter if you weren't watching him. And, you know, that legacy that he provided and that he – has set for specifically the middle half that'll live on way longer than him and and so you know our prayers are with melinda and with nick and with natalie with their their grandkids um we're we're thankful for his contribution to murfreesboro i think one of the greatest tributes to miles right now would be for people to get involved in being a healthier murfreesboro you know yes but i think if you were to ask miles Miles was more geared to being a good person. And I think it's great to be active. Don't get me wrong. 
I've put on a few pounds since COVID, so I probably need to be more active than, than what I am. But, you know, our number one focus is to treat people the way that you want to be treated, to be honest, to be to be ethical. And, man, you know, there's not a better person for me to describe those traits than Miles Tate. Very definitely. On that note, we say thank you, Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland, for joining us. Thank you, Bart. Hey, have a great day. The new roundtable show is next. Chip Walters is the host today.